0: Hello and welcome to the Home Assistant Podcast. This is episode 2021.8. I'm Rohan, and as usual, I'm joined with Phil. Hey, Phil. Hey, Rohan. How's it going? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Thank you. That's good.
1: This episode is sponsored by Home Assistant Cloud by Casa. Easily access your local Home Assistant instance remotely for a small monthly fee that supports the Home Assistant and ESP Home projects configuration is done by the user interface, so there's no fiddling with router settings, SSL certificates, or any YAML. There's
0: a ton of stuff to talk about today. I know.
1: And I think uh, before we get into the the Home Assistant stuff, we should uh, just mention, you know, stick around. We've got a bit of an announcement for ourselves as well, so stick around. But uh, first of all, uh, I think let's start off with, uh, you know, what's happening around Home Assistant as opposed to the release that's just come out, there's been a new hire at Nebukasa. And this is, uh, you know, we've seen a few people being hired at Nebukasa recently. And I think this is one I'm really excited about. So Matthias has joined the Nebukasa team, who is a UX developer. Um, So... Mm -hmm. For those not aware of a, a software development sort of industry, a UX or a user experience uh, designer is you know basically there to make sure that you know using Home Assistant is you know makes sense for a person, looks nice. Uh, you know, really, I think this is something that I've personally said for a long time that Home Assistant yeah. is lacking in in the team. You know, we're all Home Assistant as an open source project. You know, people are generally developers that work on the project, but there's no real incentive for, you know, a someone with good design skills someone with good user experience yeah. and project management skills that can, you know, come in at a high level and say, you know, yeah, cool, it's cool to add that button there, but it would be better for new users if it was over in here and it did this. Yes. So I think uh, this person joining the team is very much uh, needed and it's good to see uh, that, you know, the Home Assistant team and Nebuchadnezzar team are, are, you know, aware of this and have taken, you know, the first steps to, get someone on board to help this out with
0: yeah and then it gets closer to that point of uh again like making making Nabucasa usable for everyone right not just mm-hmm. technology related or technology focused people Yep. right um so yeah I know which is awesome uh there's there's actually another one uh as somebody else joining as well um sounds like it's more more kind of just a summer um project kind of thing but uh auto winter who founded esp home uh so auto the auto guy that wrote uh that entire stack of software essentially uh i think i think when we first talked about it he was what like 13 14 something like that like yeah, yeah he was on the show he was like really i'm probably older than that but um yeah, yeah it was back
1: back in one of our, our previous episodes and uh he done some great stuff with uh, home
0: assistant as well so yeah exactly so so auto Otto, auto is going to be joining uh over his summer break so which is fantastic um and he's going to be he's going to be working on esp home a little more if you remember yeah. he, the home assistant project kind of took over the esp home project not not took over but took over aspects of it right where it's uh like the community is hosted and yeah
1: everything's you know, Navacast has come in and said, look, you know, we don't want this project to die. We think it's, you know, a really valuable project for home assistant users and also, you know, the home automation yeah. community in general. Um, so, you know, we don't want this project to go to the wayside. We've got, you know, people that can work on it. And it's great to see that, you know, Otto is also coming back for his winter break, uh, sorry, for his summer break. Yeah. Uh, and uh, is going to help out, especially, you know, he knows ESP Home the most, right? Yeah. You know, he's, he's very intimate with it. So, yeah, yeah it'll be good to get his uh, expertise onto that. I mean, even just in the past, you know, few months with, you know, the pr- uh, provisioning stuff that they've done with ESP home devices. Yeah. like uh, The, yeah, I think I'm really excited to see what
0: Otto's going to add over the summer. Yeah. There's, there's, it's some pretty exciting stuff. So that'll be nice. Yeah. Uh,
1: but one thing I'm really excited to see coming to Nabucasa as opposed to home assistant just is, the new payment methods that they've announced. So they are currently working on upgrading the uh, Nabucasa payment system. So if you are a Nabucasa subscriber, you'll be aware that every month, you know, $5 comes out of your credit card or PayPal account. So at the moment, they're working on updating that to allow for annual subscriptions, I think uh, six-month subscriptions as well. So now instead of having to pay, you know, foreign transaction fee every month, you can just, you know, pay for a year in advance uh, and away you go. Yeah. And as well as uh, US dollars, they're also gonna add in support for paying in Euros as well. So people in Europe won't have to pay a foreign transaction fee or a currency conversion fee, I should say, to support Nabucasa.
0: Um, so let's talk about twenty twenty one dot eight. Bunch of mm. new features in here as well. First, I mean it's it's been a big topic, uh, is the energy dashboard. I don't think you can talk about anything like this release is the energy dashboard, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So This is, uh, if you haven't seen it or if you haven't seen the announcements, if you've missed it somehow, basically Home Assistant has a new energy dashboard that they've built in. So essentially completely different UI, uh, completely different place in in the application, right? But basically it's focused around... How you consume energy in your house, so giving you statistics and so on. Now, Phil, I know you mentioned that. Uh, I mean, when we were chatting, you said you played with it a little bit. Mm. Um, what were your What were your kind of initial thoughts?
1: So, I think. So, we've got to remember that I've been using this in the beta, um, yep. and you know, it's you know very bleeding edge. Um, I must say that. So, first of all, I assume that it's going. If you have the default. Uh, home assistant uh, setup in in, like there's a in the configuration i can't remember what it's called off the top of my head but i think it's like default underscore config or something like that the add to yaml Mm -hmm. that basically ensures that all the default stuff from home assistant is enabled if you have that in your yaml file or there's probably a, a setting to turn it on somewhere you will get a new item in your side menu which is the energy dashboard So, uh, you know, as you've got statistics, logbook, now you'll have an energy area as well. Um, So, yeah, I was really excited, clicked on that. Um, It did take a little bit of setup. I did have to wait until I think, you know, beta 2 came out as opposed to the the first beta um, just to get everything working. It was a bit uh, glitchy here and there. Um, But, yeah, so essentially, you know, uh, I have a Rainforest Eagle here which connects to my... uh, Energy, sorry, my electricity meter uh, wirelessly and reports in the statistics over MQTT. So that comes in. Um, I had to do a bit of uh, fiddling around to get uh, the reporting into to be accepted by Home Assistant. So right. and I think this is where it, it's sort of um, for me at least. And I'm, as I said, this is I'm using the beta. This is the first iteration of the energy dashboard, so it's not ideal. I think it's going to be improved. So for my rainforest eagle, uh, everything was being reported over MQTT as kilowatts, but the energy dashboard will only accept things in kilowatt hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to do some uh, home assistant uh, customize uh, entities to change uh, the reporting value, right? Um, because it actually turns out that you know one of my readings from the rainforest, I think the current energy reading is in kilowatts, and then it also has a total for the day, which is measured in kilowatt hours, so I was able to use that for Home Assistant. Um, but yeah, there's a whole new like device class that has to be called um, Energy, uh, and a state type of measurement, right. um, so that all has to be set up. So it, it's not going, so what I found was, you know, from installing the beta, that, because I have a lot of energy monitoring uh, smart plugs, so I have my mm-hmm. uh, a lot of Z-Wave uh, plug-in energy monitors that I use to monitor things like the dishwasher um, and my even my PC monitor, so I know when the PC monitor is on or off. Those do are currently not supported by the uh, energy dashboard, which I was a bit surprised on. I thought, you know, Home Assistant has all this information uh, already. Uh, why can't I use that? Um, so I think it is there's going to be a few breaking changes coming along or a few changes required uh, across... Th- home assistant yeah you know, over the next few releases i would uh, i'm going to imagine just to update you know energy reporting devices from you know either watts or kilowatts or whatever to be supported into kilowatt hours for the home assistant energy dashboard i'd like the uh, i don't have any solar panels so i wasn't able to see you know the whole breakdown of what i'm generating back to the grid what my right. home is generating um uh, but apart from that you know uh, the energy dashboard is literally just a a dashboard it gives you um a 24-hour bar chart of you know how much your home has used for the day right um and you can then monitor individual devices as i said you have to wait for a lot of the individual components to be updated to support that um yeah i think for a first release it looks great um i know the if you're a they sent out a newsletter with some nice uh, mock-up screenshots. I don't think those mock-up screenshots are accurate yet. Yeah. You know, uh, It's obviously they're working towards it. It'll be much nicer when they get there. Um, but yeah, I think it does what it just says on the tin. It shows me a 24-hour bar chart of where my energy or how much energy I've used. And hopefully as you know, the components move around and, and get updated, I'll be able to now they didn't see, you know, okay, the dishwasher was X percent, you know, the washing machine was another percent. Um, but, yeah, I think it, it looks great. Uh, I know there's been a few people saying, oh, it's a different, you know, it's in a different style to other home assistant components. Yes. It looks different. Yes, it does look different. But, you know, that's where you get, you know, people like Matthias that have just joined the Nabucasa UX team that will, you know, come in and then eventually refine it once all the features are there. Um and give you know the whole app consistency so I'm not too concerned about that.
0: Yes, and and it, it's it's I think I think one thing we have to say is again it is it is beta right and yeah, yeah. It, it's it's two things one is you got to wait for this dashboard to catch up to home assistant the other way other way as mm-hmm. well where you have to wait for the home for home assistant to catch up to this dashboard. That's it, and I think you know we've got to also got to remember that this is the first
1: release with mm-hmm. the energy dashboard you know in it. So for example as i said like i can only see 24 hours worth of data, right? So the data i'm publishing to my influx db where i can you know go back 6 months and and see trends and all that right. is much more useful to me than what i can see at the moment in the past 24 hours just in this energy dashboard. Yeah. Which as i said i don't know what home assistant is looking to where they want to go with this dashboard. Do they want it to be just 24 hours as a quick glance and then if you want to do long trends, you know, you you continue to use InfluxDB as you do now. I don't
0: Mm
1: -hmm. – I'm not sure where they want to go, but I think this, you know, especially if you've got solar panels, this is going to be a great little addition for you, Um, and I'm really excited to see – if this is the first release, then I can't wait for the next release as well.
0: Yeah, and 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 I think and I think that's key, right? Like, there's when you have solar panels, I think it, it this dashboard becomes a lot more useful because um, mm-hmm. you, you're comparing your solar production versus your actual usage versus you know whatever, right? How is how are you consuming more? Like, are you consuming more grid power? Are you consuming? What are you doing, yeah. right? So, I think you know that is uh, that's really nice, especially when you're. Uh, when you're monitoring all of that stuff and trying to optimize, I mean, we've talked about, we talked to several people on the show uh, in the past where, you know, we've talked about, okay, well, you know, at night I turn off these things because I'm not producing solar and blah, 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 yep. right? Like whatever it is, or based on how much battery I have left or how much how much uh, energy I have left that's stored, I'll turn on the washing machine or, or whatever that is, right? So. You know, I think I think for that kind of stuff, it's really useful, just a quick at a glance kind of thing. Um, and 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 again, so there's there's even on Reddit there was a there was an I know one article that I read by uh, user uh, Basarabov, and I apologize if I'm uh, uh, mispronouncing that. You know, I think I think you know the, the argument there was that that the data that they're providing isn't super useful. I, I, again, I think I don't know enough. To about energy production or, or anything like that, that you know, to say, hey, you're wrong or you're right or whatever, right? Um, but you know, uh, does that mean that you know, there might be down the road, hopefully, there's some options to customize what you see and how you see it and whatever, right? I think we've got to also remember, like, this is as I said, this is the first release of the energy dashboard, it's actually, yeah, a lot in here, right? So
1: I as I said I don't have solar panels so I can only use a third of what the features are yeah. in this yeah. current energy dashboard. So, if you do have solar panels and they do integrate with Home Assistant, you can see in real time your production. You know how much of the you're using from the mm-hmm. grid and how much you're using from the solar panels. And in the last release, twenty twenty one point seven. Uh, Ron, you, there was the concept of you know being able to see solar production forecasts which we um, briefly touched on Yeah, that is also part of this energy dashboard so you can actually now um, add in um, I think you can add in your location and it will be able to tell you you know okay tomorrow or today you're estimated to generate this amount of money um, from your solar panels yeah. um, one feature I haven't tried to use yet which I'm excited to do I think, is the carbon emission um, setting as well. Mm. So uh, you can actually add a, a grid carbon footprint. Um, so there's a CO2 signal integration uh, that's part of it. So you can put in your location and using, you know, your uh, energy metering uh, that you're sending, the home assistant now knows about, you can actually see, you know, what sort of impact you're having on the in the environment in real time too so right right so there's a, there's a lot in here on on this first release um but as i said it is a first release and i can't wait to see what they're going to add more to it
0: yeah now where, where 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 do you think the ui is going um because it because you know one of the i've heard it being criticized negatively and and you know talked about positively as well with the ui uh, in terms of this energy dashboard, yeah. or, or home assistant in general? Yeah, the the energy dashboard specifically, right? Um, do you think that's gonna be more? I, I don't I don't know how to say it, but like a lot of people are like, either, hey, this is super slick, it looks really nice, uh, it looks a lot better than a home assistant uh, mm-hmm. UI, and then there's the, hey, it looks super slick, but it doesn't match the home assistant UI, and and I want a consistent UI experience. Where where do you see that going? For me, so this is very much still, to me, a Home Assistant UI. So
1: yeah. those uh, that familiar, so I think Home Assistant has, like, cards yeah. and the material UI. That, yeah. It's all in there, right? Like, Home Assistant hasn't gone hasn't straight away. So all the elements of a Home Assistant interface are still there. Um, everything is still a card. Everything is yeah. in that, you know, materialistic sort of design. But what has changed is the way that the Energy Dashboard is set up. So, you know, it was more uh, when you first load up the Energy Dashboard, it asks you to put in your settings. It gives you some instructions. It's sort of like a setup wizard flow as Mm -hmm. opposed to Mm -hmm. just showing an empty dashboard and then you having to go into the settings page and configure it up. I personally think it is much more user intuitive. Uh, It's... Uh, makes much more sense. So even the, the drop-down for the devices, right? So if yeah. I uh, log in and go to the settings page and it says, you know, select your grid metering, it will only show me, you know, entities that support kilowatt hours, right? Obviously, when I first logged in and my Rainforest Eagle wasn't reporting in uh, kilowatt hours correctly to Home Assistant, I didn't get a device and, you know, uh, that sort of made me a bit frustrated. But there was a sure. link to an article that said, you know, why isn't my device here? And then that will, you know, go to a, a Home Assistant Help page, which will explain, you know, only, you know, devices that report in this sort of energy metering will be supported, blah, blah, blah. Here's how you can fix it. We expect, you know, more devices to come online in the future. Uh, but I think from a, from, because you can't, well, I, not that I'm aware of, but I don't think you can set up the energy dashboard in YAML. So you have to do everything from the interface. And as, from an onboarding perspective, I thought
0: it was fantastic. Right, yeah, which which makes sense, right? I think I think that that flow has started to get better and 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 whatnot, right? But I think it's also kind of what you said. You kind of need that default um, config in Home Assistant still, right? So like for me, I I actually upgraded the beta last night, mm-hmm. and I I don't have the default. I have my individual components, uh, and I don't right, see it. Yep. Right? Okay, so that yeah, that makes sense. So, so yeah you have to have that default
1: config in your YAML to be able to see it. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, new home assistant instances and a lot of you know people that are running home assistant do have it on there. So they will see yep. a new energy dashboard and instead of running and clicking on it and then going to an empty, you know, graph, they will then be asked, you know, please set up your energy monitoring this way. And, and it'll be a step-by-step guide through this, the flow. I think, you know, this is, you know, where Home Assistant needs to go in order to get more mass adoption mm-hmm. outside of the technology focused community. Yeah. yeah. Um I think the team's done a great job on that. And yeah, I I mean it's still Home Assistant UI. I don't see it being too big of a change to yeah to warrant it, right?
0: Yeah, I I, I think I agree, right? I mean, maybe there might be a couple of like I don't know, like elements like graphs and stuff that they might update, but mm. Other than that, I don't. I don't see a ton of uh, a ton of major changes in that sense. Yeah, I mean, one of the complaints I saw on that Reddit thread you were
1: mentioning before was that a lot of this could be done in a, in a Lovelace UI, like adding it as a card or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of like don't agree with. I I think the energy dashboard that is being provided here is a energy dashboard that has been configured by the home assistant and admins. Yeah. To show the information that they want to show to general users, right? It's sort of uh you know, otherwise anyone could create their own energy dashboard in Lovelace. I've got one. Rohan, I'm pretty sure you I've yeah. seen one from you. Um everyone's got their own way they want to report energy and that hasn't changed. Um but this is, you know, what Home Assistant is trying to create for users, um by default, you know, a, a stock standard way. But, you know, if you want to go out and create your own more fancy version of an energy-producing dashboard, then by all means you can do it. There's uh, Lovelace is pretty flexible and not stopping you from doing it. Yeah, uh, But this is just a way for to get people to do it without needing to touch any CSS or custom cards or anything like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to take a minute to talk about the Eufy Video Lock. It's a smart lock that's really easy to set up with just a Phillips screwdriver and no extra drilling. It's got a keyless entry, so you don't need to worry about fumbling with the keys when your hands are full. Also, you don't need to worry about handing out extra keys when you're in a pinch, your kids losing them, or people copying the key and passing it around to each other. Something else I like about the Eufy video lock is that it has a camera built in and it works as a doorbell as well. Personally, I think the Eufy video lock is great for apartments or cottages where you can't necessarily add extra holes for a video doorbell. My favorite part about it though, is that there isn't a monthly fee and your recordings are locally stored. So you don't have to worry about someone else owning your doorbell data. You can find it on Amazon, or if you want to know more, search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com videolock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Yeah, and, and I think that that's key there, right? It's 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 not that you can't do it now. Um yeah. it's just it's it's pre-done for the rest of the world, right? That 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 might not be as savvy with with even the lovelace UI, right? Just might not be savvy with the lovelace UI at all.
1: I'm sure there's someone that's probably got a lovelace UI that if they've got solar panels mm-hmm. um and uh monitoring the energy, they've probably got a more fancy version of the Home Assistant Energy Dashboard that's releasing in this release. Sure. Written in Lovelace already, right? Sure. Um, Like, there's pretty smart people that, you know, use Home Assistant, and I'm sure there's probably a Reddit thread somewhere of someone that shared their Energy Dashboard that's probably better than what's shipped today. Absolutely. The difference is that I don't have to go in and, you know, copy someone's Git config to be able to get an Energy Reporting Dashboard Yeah. as good as what's in there, right? Exactly. So... But, yes, overall, I think the Energy Dashboard, even if it, this is just version 1 or version 0.5 or what 0.01 of you know the yeah. Energy Dashboard, I think this is a fantastic uh, addition to Home Assistant, and I can't wait to see what else they add to it.
0: Yep, agreed, agreed. But there are other
1: things coming in this release, so we can't just talk about the Energy Dashboard forever. Um, but there are updates to locks uh, in Home Assistant, which is probably, you know, kind of thinking, ah, oh, really, like, is this a major thing? But uh, apparently there's a new state that locks can be in. So a lock can, can now be in a locked, unlocked, or jammed state. That's important. Uh, that is important. And it's also, they've also updated that uh, so that the smart assistants, so your Google Home and the Amazon Echo, uh, I think Apple HomeKit as well, can also know about those states as well. So, ne- yeah.
0: Okay. That's pretty
1: cool. You got a smart lock. I think that's yeah, good to
0: know. Yeah, that is really good to know. Um, after that, there is now more context added to scripts and automations and things like that. So, um, if you're if you're familiar with the concept of th- this in in quotes, <laughs> right? Uh, so when you create uh, scripts and automations and things like that via YAML. Um, and instance can be uh, kind of called upon, right, that it, it can be accessed with a this something template or this something object. So yep. I, I'm trying to explain this in a way that's not programming specific yeah. for everybody that's mm-hmm. listening that's not a programmer uh, or, or, or is doesn't know you know these kind of constructs, but basically, when when you can you can call you can call a in in, in program you can, you can call itself by talking saying hey this and then you you provide whatever operation you want to do from that object yep. that you're calling it and and it and it's a lot of times it's referred to as this right? Um, so the developer that created this uh, <laughs> this uh, the the integration <laughs> here or the the context here pun intended yes that's right uh richard schaefer so you know created a use case for blueprints that allows blueprints uh that that allows the automations in blueprints to reference timers based on the automation id right so for example Mm. you want to talk about hey i want to talk about this automation id i can literally refer to it as that so i I don't know if i did a good job explaining that um i i I kind of like actually i think i think i've got it so
1: one, I'm just trying to think now of, like, because I'm thinking, oh, like, why would that be important? Like, you know, do you need to know? Yeah. Maybe, like, does it have, a, like, a running time ID or something that you might need to know about? But being able to like, for things, like, that you can set dynamically, like timers and stuff, um, that actually is pretty handy. So, I guess, you know, you could have uh, an automation that goes, you know, uh, create a new timer, um, but you don't want it to conflict. You know, let's say you've got a, an egg timer, right? Yeah. But you've got you know three different egg automations, um, and you you want to make sure that they don't conflict with anything. You could you know like, um, you know, automation. You know, create timer with an entity ID or a, a value reference value of this dot automation ID. Um, especially for blueprints, um, I know uh, being able to share blueprints around, and of course, you don't know what other people's set their reference ids to in other places um i think yeah i think i'm actually gonna i might I'm, i've am i been thinking about updating my uh, uh dynamic presence uh my not so binary presence uh <laughs> for quite some time to yeah. be blueprint supported and i think this is finally going to be able to let me do this so i'm gonna i'm gonna definitely be playing around with this i think you've explained it well enough
0: okay okay that's good yeah
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah, but I I think a lot of people won't use it um, unless you're going down the level of Blueprints right. or uh, doing some advanced coding. But I think uh, it's a great little addition. I like mm-hmm. it. Um, in the same vein, I noticed that uh, there's now some new device template functions that have been added for YAML uh, users. So uh, right now there are uh, separate functions that you could use against entity IDs. For example... Um, you could get a state of a device using, you know, the states, you know, and then provide the entity ID. But if you instead want to use a Home Assistant device ID, uh, there's now a few new functions added into the Home Assistant template engine. So, for example, you can provide a device ID to one of the new functions available and it will return you the applicable Home Assistant entity ID. Uh, so, once again, right. really good use cases for advanced users
0: um if you need to go to that level but uh
1: yeah there you go they're in there
0: that's right um alarm panels now you got a vacation mode so um awesome. right so um if you want another way for your house to know that you're on vacation or you're not home for an extended period of time whatever that might be uh so you know your your alarm states can now be armed away armed home disarmed armed night and armed vacation which is great so you can do you know you a lot of people do have a vacation mode i ha- i have a vacation mode in my mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. home assistant install, right but that's literally just a flag that's a it's a binary sensor that uh, yeah. triggers which is so that means that stuff. someone
1: could just turn that flag off right and then bam their vacation mode is off but yeah. now because it's this is part of a, an alarm panel they'll need to put a code in to be able to turn off vacation mode
0: right Right, exactly. I mean, in in my case, vacation mode is more just around my like HVAC settings and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. fine. I might spend another five bucks on my on my house's like heating or AC or whatever. But uh, yeah. yeah, like it, it, you know, it, it does. Uh, it it is nice to see that that is now native into Home Assistant, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm gonna to have to add that in. I think, yeah.
1: I like it. Uh, if you're using Z-Wave JS uh, as part of this release, dead Z-Wave JS devices will now be marked as unavailable in Home Assistant. Uh, so, you know, when a home, so generally this is for battery devices in Z-Wave. So, if they run out of battery, they'll stop reporting in, or if they go out of range. Uh, I think previously they would have just been stuck; you wouldn't be able to see any updates to them. Right. Home Assistant will now use the unavailable state, so you can now. Uh, trigger automations against them. So, you know, if the battery runs out and everything's gone unavailable, you can know that they're actually unavailable. I believe in... Uh, I, know, I'm, I haven't used z JS yet. I'm excited to move over eventually. Uh, I believe there is a, a parent node or a parent device in home. This isn't you can still use to see the device, that it is, you know, available, it's connected or it's paired. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the devices under it will just be unavailable. So... Yeah, it might be a breaking change, I guess, uh, for this release, just something to be aware of. But I think the new unavailable state that's been in home Assistant for a while, uh, having those you know, dead devices go unavailable instead of just being paused
0: and not doing anything is much, much better. Yeah, agreed. Tesla, so if the Tesla integration now supports accounts with MFA or multi-factor authentication. So mm. if you use uh, MFA on your account, that now carries forward through the through the Home Assistant. And if you don't, you really should. So go turn it on. Uh, and you can now remove, so if you're using the Workday sensor uh,
1: in Home Assistant, you can now remove specific holidays by their name. So for example, if you generally work on Christmas Day, but get all the other public holidays off, then you can tell Home Assistant to treat Christmas Day only as a working day. Mm. So good for shift workers, good for... You know, essential workers, people yeah. that generally, you know, might work a specific holiday or something. I think that's a great little
0: addition there. That's awesome. Also, one one thing we didn't really put in the show notes, but I'm I'm going to talk about anyways, is the mm. uh, siren uh, update. So, in, oh, yeah, yeah. So there's there's now a. Um, siren entity that uh, that you can use so you, it's, it's an entire platform on its own um mm. and so they have support for the for like a z wave js uh based siren right now yep yep so you know pretty cool um in case you want to do stuff with your siren right so in terms of saying like hey turn on the siren turn off the siren um so i'm guessing yeah the siren will then have different states right like a siren could be like you know alarming idle Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I don't, I don't, I don't see a ton of like states in that sense right now. So there's Mm. right now there's, it's mostly, well, just looking at the documentation, there's mostly just services, right? Mm -hmm. So siren, turn on, turn off and toggle. Uh, Turn on obviously is turn it on. But then you can also send um, a couple of different things. So tone, duration and volume level. Will you do that? Uh, Uh, Interesting. Yeah. So, and then, you know, the volume levels, you know, between 0 and 1, 1. So, basically, your percentage, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then you can turn off the siren and or um, toggle. So, if it's on, then make it off. If it's off, make it on. But That's very interesting.
1: I, I've always been uh, a bit... I've never trusted my automations to warrant a siren. Like, I would always be worried that I will get a phone call from a neighbor while I'm at work. But my siren is going off because I haven't coded in my home assistant logic correctly. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I've never ventured down the siren path. But I'm not,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm not against sirens. I actually, I actually do think they're, they're effective. Right. So, mm-hmm. but I also think that, you know, along, along with the siren, you would also want to send some kind of like actionable notification to be like, hey, turn yes. siren off. Yeah. Right. Um, because otherwise you're just, you're going to be annoying the crap out of your neighborhood. And, uh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd also want to be, uh, comfortable in
1: that if the siren is going off, that Home Assistant actually knows. It's yeah. actually alarming, you know, as opposed to, the, yeah, I don't know.
0: It's yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, I don't see anything in here that talks about Home Assistant knowing outside of, you know, the toggle being on or off, mm. but to start. All right, so some breaking changes. As always, there's a
1: whole bunch that you'll have to read the release notes yourself on, but we've taken some highlights here. So HomeKit uh, was previously the on-off switches provided to HomeKit by scripts would enable or disable a script. So it's probably likely that wasn't what you expected, you know, when you were talking to Siri, you know, turn on the living room movie mode, you know, that would uh, do nothing. So pressing a script switch in HomeKit will now run the script in Home Assistant. Mm. So if you do rely on the ability for the script to be turned, uh, to be enabled or disabled, uh, you will need to change your automations. Sorry, you will need to... Update your HomeKit uh, accordingly.
0: Right, Z-Wave JS. Uh, we talked about this a little bit already, um, but because of that new unavailable state, um, that may impact your existing automations because it'll be you might be making a call to an unavailable entity, right? So, um, you can probably revive it maybe by pinging it, um, but uh, you can use that uh, new node status sensor, right, which is disabled by default to see what that status is. Uh, yeah, right. And then you can just use the ping node service uh, in JS to try and revive it. Again, uh, <laughs> your, your results may vary. Yeah, I've never had luck pinging the device yeah.
1: and getting it back to you. Uh, Google Assistant. So Home Assistant will no longer expose the legacy fan speeds to Google Assistant. So this one's um, important. So if you are using fans with Google Assistant you'll need to resync your devices. Um, so you can do that by asking Google to uh, sync my device or there is a Google underscore assistant dot request sync service that you can call from the developer section inside Home Assistant. So I think previously Home Assistant, you know, made a big update around fan speeds and tried to standardize mm-hmm. them across the platforms. So, yeah, I guess this is just a part of that cleanup process at the moment.
0: Yeah uh sonos uh so the regrouping behavior may change if you restore a snapshot um for specific layouts so if your speakers were joined after a snapshot was taken and uh they may not be unjoined during the restore right so it just depends on you know kind of the timing of how you do it and and whatever Mm. i don't know if this is a breaking change or it sounds a little bit like a bug as well right like I, i don't know
1: yeah, I so I I love my Sonos speakers, um, but I have found for quite some time that the snapshot restoring in Sonos can be really hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Um I've yeah, I I suspect that this is going to hopefully make things better, but I think it is also highlighting that, you know, once a Sonos snapshot has been taken, if you're then, you know, changing groups around after that snapshot was taken and then do a, a you know restore service in Home Assistant. Whatever you've changed around uh, may not work ideally, and I think uh, which is to be expected. Um, I don't know what the perfect scenario is for Zonos, but I think you know, yeah, with this change they're going to try and get it as close to perfect as possible. Yeah. Um, but you know that's just the nature of the beast when you've got other parties that can group and ungroup things and and change things around. Yes, uh, it's bound to happen. Uh, WLED. So, support for the WLED preset service has now been deprecated mm-hmm. as part of 2021.8. Um, additionally, the playlist attribute of your WLED lights has also been removed as part of this release. So, you should move over to the new select entity for these lights, uh, which is what we discussed in the previous release episode, 2021.7.
0: And the home assistant supervisors' so snapshots are being renamed to backup. So this this can be pretty important, actually. So because mm. um, a lot of folks do back up their home assistant in, uh, instances yep, yep. and it, in an automation as well. So if you are doing that, um, your s- services will be renamed. So um, you know it's now being called backup rather than a snapshot.
1: And this comes down to, and I think it was uh, something that Paulus or Home Assistant, you know sort of spoke about recently in making home assistant more accessible to new users. And that is, you know, the language that home assistant uses. And one of the things that came out was, you know, uh, don't call a backup snapshot, right? Like don't, don't make things. Yeah. Someone shouldn't need a thesaurus or a dictionary with them to understand what something does inside home assistant. And I think this is a, a very clear uh, candidate for change here. So, you know, as a developer, we know what snapshots are. Yeah. Um, but as you know, a person that you know maybe just uses Microsoft Word, and yeah.
0: sends them emails on a computer,
1: they know what a backup is, but they don't know what a snapshot
0: is. Exactly. I'm 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 torn with this one just because uh, I'm I'm exactly with you, Phil. Like I think I think it's important to use proper verbiage but at the same time it's like ah oh, man this is causing a it's causing a uh, a breaking change right for a lot of folks yeah yep. so i i i get both sides of it right i think i think you know a snapshot isn't necessarily intuitive for not technical users because again that is yep. like a oh, let me take a snapshot in in like VMware or something like that, right? Like it's, or or whatever, but that's not necessarily, you don't say, hey, let me snapshot this USB key, right? Or let me snapshot this file into a USB key. You take a backup of the file into a USB key, right? So I think think that verbiage is very important for um, just general, um, just everybody to be able to use Mm. Home Assistant, but at the same time, it's still kind of inconvenient, <laughs> so I'm 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 torn about. It. I don't, I don't use the I don't use home assistant supervisor, so I'm not in, in a supervised installation, so I really don't care. I just think just it's my opinion on it, right? Yeah, well, I think and I think a lot of people share
1: that too, right? Yeah, like uh, I have to go in and,
0: and change snapshot to yeah. backup, right? It's so. it's good and bad. Yeah. So,
1: all right, Rohan. So we did promise uh, a little bit of uh, an announcement from our side. So first yes. of all, so Rohan, it's. Uh, been over four years since we started this podcast. Yes. So the first episode was June 2017. I think from memory, we have just ticked over 100 episodes in our feed as yeah, well. Have. So uh, we've been, a, yeah, I think it's been a have a journey. Uh, <laughs> Quite a bit. It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, think we, can, we can say that. First of all, I think uh, we want to run a competition. First of all, we want to celebrate reaching 100 episodes and, and four years of the Home Assistant podcast. Uh, so to do that we're going to be uh, running a competition you'll be able to uh, access the competition check the show notes on hasapodcast.io we'll also have a link in the top menu on our homepage all you've got to do is uh, supply your favourite home assistant or automation uh, that you you know the, the one you can't live without what is your favourite home assistant automation tell us about it we want to hear it Like Brian and I we love doing this show right and we want to hear more ideas on how we can make our smart homes better um that's right. And you know, we're going to share some answers around um, that we think you know are absolutely fantastic, yeah. Um, and we're going to be giving away one year's worth of Nabucasa subscription, which I think is about sixty US dollars or something like that. Something so that. yeah, yeah. So we will pay for your for one year of Nabucasa subscription for the lucky winner. So we will leave
0: uh, links in the show notes. Get in on on that. Uh, but Rahamp, we also want to venture out a little bit more, don't we? We do. Yeah. So phil and i actually were talking this is something we've been planning for oh god like three years now but we just never did it so long uh but uh essentially we are going to be launching a new live show on youtube um called uh the all things smart home show so it's going to be a monthly kind of episode um the the intent is that it's going to be live streamed we're going to obviously play this one by year and let's see how, how that goes uh, if right, two just, people only watch us every month and they're the same people we might call it quits. but yeah yeah
1: we're right. hoping uh, more than two people will tune in.
0: that's right or or we'll or we'll do a more recorded kind of episode um, slightly mm. more produced but but the intent right now for starting out is um, do a live show um, and just kind of have you know uh, people that watch us and and you can comment uh, and so on and and you know we'll be it'll be kind of like a live podcast recording. Yeah, right. But we'll be able to talk more about home. Like, I think what we struggle with at the moment, Ronnie, is there's so
1: much going on in the home automation space. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've we've had we've brought in different sections along the way. In you know, we've had the cloud strikers back. We've had, um, you know, a <laughs> yeah. lot of different things. Uh, and then of course, there's not just home assistant out there. You know, there's whole other you know home automation control softwares out there that you know people would be doing cool stuff with that too. And we want to yeah. hear it all. We want to suck that all up and get as many ideas really it's just Rohan and i wanting to get more ideas for our own smart homes exactly but you know uh i think you know we'll be able to bring more to it and hear hear more from everyone right like just yeah um so first of all we should just start up saying uh nothing is changing drastically to the home podcast we are still here we're still very much got our people to uh interview we're still pushing out release episodes Uh,
0: we're still pushing out our guest episodes yeah but we do want to we want to branch out a little bit so I mean check the show notes uh, we'll put some links and socials and all that down there
1: yeah so monthly show it's live so we will eventually I think we'll have to uh, decide on a date and time that works yeah. for both of you know Ron and I and works for viewers as well we'll then try and publish the uh, date and time so that everyone knows what time we'll be going live and can join in and, and join in on the fun but yeah I think uh, we're planning sometime in September uh but we'll obviously join the socials, and you'll be the first to know.
0: That's right. And you know, as usual, make sure to follow myself and Phil on Twitter as well, and we'll post updates there. And then, and unlike Home Assistant podcast, All Things Smart Show will have its own uh, Twitter account as well. So yeah, there'll be
1: dedicated socials. You'll be able to follow us yeah. uh, and get yeah all the updates there as well. Raham, do you have anything else we need to talk about? I don't. I think
0: uh, I think that's a wrap. For today cool
1: all right well as i said we'll leave a link in the show notes for that competition we do want to hear what is your favorite yes. home automation that you have running in home assistant the winner will get uh, a year's worth of Nabucasa, paid for by Rohan and Me. Uh, we really do think Nabucasa is worth it and yeah i think that wraps it up for today thank you very much perfect thanks cheers, cheers. you want to share your home assistant journey or come on as a guest reach out to us at feedback at haspodcast.io that's h-a-s-s podcast.io
0: the home assistant podcast is hosted by phil hawthorne and myself rohan karamandi for links to topics we discussed today check out our show notes on haspodcast.io